The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Yes, indeed. This is Inspire FM. You're listening to the Rise and Shine show. And we are going to be speaking to uh, Sister Yasmin and Sister Notion, I believe, is also going to be joining us very shortly from Friends of Bright Eyes. Uh, just quickly, before we speak to them, I want to quickly remind you about an event taking place, uh, an event taking place uh, this weekend. And that is going to be uh, that is going to be a family fun day. One of the first family fun days, in fact, uh, for uh, one of the first family fun days for uh, the back uh, in September. September as you go back to school uh, one of the first family fun days and that is going to be for crisis aid crisis aid is the charity uh, that they will be doing the family fund day for it's uh, uh, sister Shaquille I believe who's organizing this and of course if you would like some more information do contact crisis aid uh, that family fund day is taking place this Saturday uh, this Saturday uh, here at Dallas Community Center and it's from 1 p.m. to 5 5 p.m. so if you have uh, if you have been uh, if you have been of course uh, if you have been uh, of course uh, thinking there's nothing to do over the summer holidays there's no uh, bouncy castles there's no food there's not nothing to do then this is definitely one for you in Shalatala and uh, definitely one of course to uh, definitely want to uh, make sure you go down and support uh, all the money raised from this will be to provide hot meals uh, hot meals in Gaza inshallah hot meals in Gaza and this is through crisis aid so do go down uh, to Dalo Community Center Dalo Community Center this coming Saturday, inshallah. As said, we are going to be speaking to uh, Sister Yasmin from, uh, of course, Phobe in just a few moments. If you have any questions, then please do let us know. 015824822. Text WhatsApp 0779481822. Uh, okay, so let's go over to uh, Sister Yasmin. Asalaamu Alaikum. Alaikum salam. Ajzak for uh, coming in this morning. A bit of a, a, a wet start to school, uh, unfortunately. Uh, I'm sure it was expected because that's what happens uh, in British weather. Whenever you've got something planned, you might have a, a hot week all week. But when you have to get up first thing in the morning and walk to school, it's going to be raining. So uh, it's a bit of a wet start for everyone out there. So please do take your umbrella with you if you are walking. Uh, uh, Sister Yasmin, we're talking about uh, Friends of Bright Eyes, of course. Uh, and I'm sure people out there who are listening and who are regular listeners of Inspire FM will know uh, having spoken to yourself uh, many times before here on this radio station uh, and uh, obviously having uh, spoken to uh, uh, Yasa, uh, Brother Wajir and of course Bilal on Monday uh, there's uh, this this charity of course uh, I think everybody does know about but I think just from yourself of course uh, being uh, uh, the, the founder of the charity itself uh, which is one I would like to know a little bit of history of, of when the charity started uh, and, and and maybe some of your thoughts and feelings around uh, when you were starting and, and on why it was started. Well, I um, I married my husband and I um, he had one little girl and she was disabled. And she came here from Pakistan and um, the disabilities she had were quite severe. And we used to walk, I used to take her out a lot, but I didn't see anybody else from the Asian community with a child in a wheelchair or in a buggy going anywhere. And I I started to wonder, I can't be the only mum with a child with a disability in this community and where are the rest of them? So with um, Iqbal Chowdhury, who a lot of people in the community know, he was a community worker at the time, um, we started to have a look at where these children were and what they were doing and 
slowly, slowly, we found about six families and it was very hard to get them to let go of their children to come out. And the P, it was the PKWA at the time, Pakistan and Kashmir Welfare Association on Negrave Road. They gave us the downstairs to their building and we opened up the centre there. But getting the parents to let go of their children to come out was very difficult. So we approached social services for help to see, you know, if they could encourage the parents. But at that time, they didn't want anything to do with social services. They weren't... It was... It's hard to describe. It was a hidden community. Yep. No one came out with their children. and But after a few months, gradually, when people got to know us, people came in and sat down with us. And I, I've always had a policy that coming sit down with me, have a cup of tea, have a biscuit, a cake, talk to me, you know, tell me why you can't let your child come out to us, you know, just for the day. And gradually they came out and we got more help from social services with it. And what, what, when was this? What, what year did, did was this when you were doing this? Um, this was about 1988. Uh, 1988? 1988. Yeah. Excellent. And again, this is something I was actually speaking to Bilal about on Monday. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I think, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if this is the case now, and I'm sure maybe you can, you can uh, share your experiences. Do you feel there are still families out there who do uh, kind of hide their, uh, their children away? Uh, because I, th- I think... Uh, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate thing, but if, if, especially from obviously I can only speak from uh, from from an Asian background of, of how I, I mean obviously with uh, know of parents uh, and people with I mean families with uh, disabled children, uh, they will generally feel it as a, as a, as a negative point in their family uh, and something uh, which is kind of shameful, uh, which they have to hide and kind of uh, uh, I mean uh, kind of hide from people. Do you feel that it, that that still is is a, is a stigma with people? This stigma is still there with some families, but nowadays, because there's more help, social services do try their best to encourage the families to use the centres that are out there, but it it is still a problem in this community and people will tell you, oh no, it doesn't happen nowadays, but it still does. You can find that well, I suppose maybe I was like it myself at the beginning with my own daughter being disabled. They hang on to that child, the mothers do, and they don't, you know, they're afraid to let go. They're afraid to let go. They're frightened that maybe something will happen or, you know, their child won't get on in the group. But it's not so nowadays, you know, that... There's, there are things out there. I mean, we're the oldest group in Luton so far that have been working with the Asian community. So we, fi- you know, we find that the families that we've got put a lot of trust in us 
when we take on their children. Of course, and, and in regards to uh, uh, the, the whole concept of us, so I think especially for families for the first time, uh, it probably is a very uh, a nervous experience and, and probably even fear in a sense of obviously this. Uh, because I think the biggest problem you've got, uh, especially with, uh, with, with, the, with the disabled child is, uh, and again, I was, exp- I was sharing uh, my experience of my nephew. I, I, was, uh, I was in Pakistan for two weeks and uh, I spent a lot of time with my nephew who's, uh, who's severely autistic and uh, has no uh, n- no no speech whatsoever uh, no means of communication to you of any any feelings any emotions any pain or whatever and in that situation if, if he was to be looked after by somebody out there if he was in a situation where he didn't like it for example or he was hurt or he fell or something happened he wouldn't be able to tell and I think this is probably one of the biggest fears for a lot of families out there initially but I think with with uh, friends of bright eyes uh, and uh, and I've been volunteering with a charity for for over 15 years now uh, the children absolutely love it and it's 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 one of those uh, times where they actually look forward to it and I, I remember uh, especially now we're, we're actually going to start our sessions back up again next week uh, and it's it's one of those things where the last couple of sessions we had uh, a lot of the children were literally thinking well wh- what are we going to do now and the holidays seemed to be like a, a period where they didn't really know what they were going to be doing with their times in the evening so I, I think once that initial step is taken it's probably easier for the families uh, but it's, it's, it's breaking that uh, that uh, that mold so to speak of families just trying to get them out initially it's breaking down that barrier you know and getting the children out that's the most important thing for us we've always been a charity that is we'll come to your home we'll sit down with you we'll chat if it takes us six weeks six months to get you to let your child come out to us We'll do it. We have the patience to do it because we realise that that child needs a life. Every child needs a life. You and I, we go outside, we feel the rain, the wind. We, you know, if it's sunny, we'll close our eyes and just let the sun come onto our faces and everything. These children need that as well. They need some kind of activities outside of going to school because school, school for them is a highlight of... A lot of them stay, is going to school. And then after school, there's nothing there for them. They go home and they stay at home and that's it. Mum gets their tea, they get them ready for bed, and then the next day they're back at school. They need some kind of outlet, the same as a normal child does. Because for me, there's no such thing as being disabled and, you know, a disability. There's no such thing. Everyone in this life is entitled to live the same kind of life. The disabled child deserves that as well. Yep, definitely. And I think you're, you're spot on uh, with all those thoughts there. And uh, listeners, for those of you who may have just tuned in now, uh, we're speaking to Sister Yasmin from uh, Friends of Bright Eyes, the founder uh, of Phobe itself. Uh, I wasn't actually aware that it was actually as early as 88. I was thinking it was in the mid-90s, but uh, Alhamdulillah, uh, a charity which has been around uh, the longest serving charity here in Luton for uh, for disabilities and, uh, and, pr- and probably the most active uh, that I know of. Again, there may be other charities out there, uh, but the most active that I know of and alhamdulillah doing an absolutely amazing job uh, we've also got uh, sister Noshin with us here uh, this morning as well we're going to be speaking to her about uh, first-hand experience of, of, of phobe itself and of course uh, seeing how phobe has made a difference to her sister Noshin, salam alaikum 
Walikum salam, Sister Nazmin. Sorry, Nazmin, apologies yeah. uh, for some reason. I thought it was this notion. Uh, Jazakler for uh, coming in this morning. And uh, of course, uh, I know uh, one of the. Uh, I was speaking to Brother Bilal on Monday, and one of the uh, uh, things for families to be able to share the experience sometimes is very difficult because it's a very private experience and it's a very personal experience. So, Jazakler for coming in to share your experience uh, of the charity uh, itself. Uh, but in regards to yourself, uh, how long have you known Friends of Bright Eyes? and uh, use their services and uh, what are your thoughts of the charity? Well, um, when I was born, my brother, um, just before I was born, um, ended up with cerebral palsy. He was born uh, fit and well, um, ended up with cerebral palsy. So I was kind of born into this disabled um, household that had a disabled child. And my memories of phobe are from since I can remember anything. So since I was three or four, I remember my brother going to phobe um, every week and looking forward to it. And it wasn't only my brother I used to attend, my brothers and sisters used to attend. And I think definitely that's one of the things that makes phobe very different compared to any other charity, that it's not just there for the children that are special, with the special needs, it's there for the whole family. Um, I remember at one point where we were attending and the landlord said that, okay, I can only provide the space for the disabled children. And folk walked out. They said, well, we're not here just for the children. We're here for the families. Um, I definitely think that phobe has changed the whole thinking on how people perceive these children. They've gone from being disabled children with disabilities to special children, to special needs. And I honestly, honestly believe that. And I mean, I'm a grown woman now, I have children of my own, you know, but I have a, honestly have a special connection with every special child I see. And like, even in my workplace, my manager's always saying to me like, what is it with you? You all automatically connect with these children. And I honestly feel it's because of phobe and it's because of those sessions that we attended as children, they've embedded it into our hearts how special these children are and how we need to do our bit for these children. Most so, definitely. Yeah, I can't go on how fantastic this charity is. Uh, absolutely amazing. I think, to be honest, uh, I echo your thoughts around uh, the the difference this uh, this charity has made. Uh, even to myself, to be honest, I think one of the things uh, I was uh, told uh, from from when I when I initially started for, uh I think it may have been two thousand and two, two thousand and three, somewhere along those. And I I actually stepped in for a couple of weeks to cover uh, a Sufyan, I believe, uh, for for Wiley going on holiday and and, and never stopped and never stopped attending uh, and alhamdulillah it's, it's literally it's li- like you said uh, and and like uh, uh, Yasmin was saying uh, a few moments ago these children deserve a normal life and I think one of the uh, uh, simple things and again to be honest uh, I, I hate the feeling of rain on my face but it's such a beautiful feeling and if you've never had that experience this is something that these children are denied a simple experience of feeling the wind against their cheeks for example being able to close your eyes whilst you're looking into the sun for example Simple little things, and I think uh, phobe is making a, a massive difference uh, to this. Uh, 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 sister, uh, sister Yasmin, in regards phobe itself, and I know uh, one of the key things that we're here to speak about. Uh, we're we're going to go to a break in a couple of minutes, but we're going to come back and uh, uh, come back after that as well, inshallah. Uh, one of the reasons why we're here is to talk about this Three Peaks Challenge, uh, and, and 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 the reason for doing this is to try to get a dedicated centre for phobe. Uh, how important would this centre be uh, for phobe to have? a dedicated centre in Luton? It'd be absolutely amazing. 
FOB has worked very, very hard over the years in difficult circumstances. They've had to work out of all the different schools. We've been pushed out of some places into other places to do our work and we work six days a week. So it's very hard for us to find somewhere where we can do all our work in one place without having to rely on uh, on places where sometimes they'll say, well, I'm sorry, but, you know, you can't use the school today. This something's going on there and there's nowhere for us to go to take the kids because a, a day that we can't work is a serious problem for us because the kids rely on us and yeah. the parents rely on us. Yeah. It's respite care for the parents. Yeah. You know, it gives the parents a break. Most of our families have got lots of children, so that's a day they can spend with their other siblings and the disabled child is with us and they know that it's being cared for really, really well. And yeah. they they can go out for the day with their kids, you know, and come back when it's time for their child to come home, you know, knowing that they've had a great day. But without us, they can't do that. Yeah, and the what they're providing is a home from home. So um, these children, I mean, anybody that's in the education sector know that these children need, um, they need routine. So if we're mm. moving them from pillar to post, we're actually damaging their improvement. So mm. if we are, I mean, we, I say we, I always connect myself to FOB, even though I'm not part of them. But yeah, if FOB are providing a home from home, they should be able to have a centre that they can call their own, that they can call mm. home for these children, a home from home. I always feel that we are the poor relation yeah. of this town because we have struggled from day one as a charity in this town to get any kind of recognition for the work that's done and the amount of volunteers that have gone through us and gone on to get married, have their own children and we've got a couple of them that have got disabled children themselves and are now using us, you know, and coming to us and there's a few people that have run FOB for us that are now disabled themselves. Oh, you know, so and being the poor relation, we don't get the help that we really need. And like, I can't mention his name, but it, mm. he was the first little boy to come to us. The first time I saw mm. him was in a little cart in Lady Werner School, going around, and he spoke to us. And from then on, he came to us, and the whole family came to us the girls they helped us on a saturday and everything and it was good for the siblings because they met other disabled children and they they became part of us all the whole family yeah. Yep, definitely. Unfortunately, we're going to go to uh, a break uh, right now and we'll be back straight after. Uh, listeners, you were speaking to, of course, uh, uh, two guests here from Friends of Bright Eyes and uh, finding out more about the charity. And of course, uh, this is all in aid of trying to raise uh, much needed funds for a dedicated centre for Friends of Bright Eyes here in Luton. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the Three Peaks Challenge and how you can help uh, as well, inshallah, straight after the break. So please do not go anywhere. We'll be back in just a few moments. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM.
Assalamu alaikum, welcome back to Inspire 105.1 FM. You're listening to the Rise and Shine show. It's half past eight, people. It's Wednesday, the 4th of September. And if you are meant to be on your way to school and you're not, you're still getting ready, then you are possibly going to be late. And there's a bit of a drizzle out this morning as well. I don't think I'll call it rain. It's a bit of a wet morning, uh, but which may, may sometimes uh, cause a bit of extra traffic as well because people do go a little slow in the rain. So please do, of course, uh, leave early if you can. And uh, if you can uh, but do avoid those puddles and please do not wet people it's 8 31 let me quickly do this uh, last spot before we go back to our guests uh, and we'll be speaking to them a little bit more about phobe uh, salat al-fajr this morning uh, started at 4 39 uh, sunrise was at 6 18 zohar 106 zohar will start uh, asr is 5 38 now 5 38 maghrib uh, and if you're fasting the time for iftar is at 7 46 isha 8 59 Isha is at 8.59 inshallah tomorrow uh, Fajr will start at 4.40 4.40 and sunrise tomorrow is at 6.20 sunrise tomorrow is at 6.20 uh, just a quick uh, quick announcement as well uh, of course for, for the day of Ashura fast the day of Ashura okay, and the, 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 the time t- the calendars are slightly different uh, depending on which calendar you're following some uh, are stating the day of Ashura is Monday some saying Tuesday uh, so the day of Ashura fast from an Inspire FM perspective we will go with the Monday, inshallah. So the day of Ashura is the tenth of Muharram. Uh, it's a, it's a Sunnah fast, and of course the uh, the Hadith from the Prophet is uh, you have reward for a year for fasting that one day, inshallah. Uh, but it is also recommended that we fast two days. So it's not only the tenth you fast nine and ten or ten or eleven. The tenth being Monday. Uh, so from an Inspire FM perspective, what we will be doing, inshallah, on Sunday, Sunday the ninth of uh, Sunday the ninth of Muharram, which is going to be the eighth of September and the 10th uh, of of course Muharram on Monday so two days we'll have the live Seri and Iftari show for you guys so please do try your best to fast either Sunday and Monday or Monday or Tuesday or if you believe if the 10th is on Tuesday then Monday, Tuesday uh, and Monday or you can of course do uh, Tuesday, Wednesday depending on what day you believe but of course the day of Ashura is the most important or to be in the safe side if you're not sure which day it is you could do Monday, Tuesday that way if the day of Ashura is Monday or Tuesday you've covered it both ways so uh, you can do it that way as well, inshallah. But we will be doing the Sehri and Iftari shows for Sunday and, of course, Monday, inshallah. Uh, we're going to leave the news for today. We're going to leave the news today rather than going back to the news because it is the first day back. And uh, we also have two guests, and I'm sure they've got lots of things to talk about because we've only got about 20 minutes left. And we've also got somebody on the phone with us as well. Uh, so effectively, we've got three guests. So we'll quickly go back to our guests. Uh, for those of you listening right now, if you have not been following the campaign for the last two, three days, and if you haven't checked out our Facebook page or our website, then we are, of course, uh, we're doing this campaign with the Friends of Bright Eyes. And this is all in order to uh, establish a dedicated center uh, for for disabled children in Luton uh, for Friends of Bright Eyes. And the aim is to raise £100,000 uh, to be able to do this. And there are 20 crazy brothers, I must say, uh, who are planning to uh, do the Three Peaks Challenge in 24 hours. So when we're talking three peaks, we're talking 23 miles of climbing, 3,064 meters uh, in ascent, and 24 hours to complete the challenge. These are the three highest mountains in Scotland, England, and Wales. The Three Peaks Challenge in 24 hours uh, is extremely, extremely difficult, but they're doing this for an amazing cause, and this is what keeps them motivated because the cause. So please do donate generously. Let's quickly go to Sister Nina, I believe, is on the phone with us. Sister Nina, as alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. 
Sonic Sisson, how are you? I'm fine, Hamza. How are you? Not too bad. Thank you so much, Zakhler, for calling in this morning. Uh, we talk, we've been talking to, uh, of course, uh, uh, Sister Yasmin here and Sister Nazmin here for uh, regarding phobe and they, uh, they of course, uh, uh, they, the, the history of phobe and when it started and and in particular Sister Nazmin's, uh, of course, experience of using phobe as, as a family. What would you like to say about this? Um, it is an absolutely fantastic um, charity. Um, words can't even express how grateful we are and the community really are. Truly, truly, truly needed. Um, we truly need the centre so badly. Um, parents really need a break. And we're so grateful um, as parents, uh, you know, to actually get that break and to have beautiful volunteers and members of staff that really dedicate themselves. But it's such a shame that, you know, it's been going for over 20, nearly 23, 24 years, um, and we haven't even established a centre. Um, I, I, I pray to Allah subhanahu wa that, you know, we really do get this centre because it's such a shame that it's been running for so long that, you know, the, the the staff are constantly taking children one minute, it's um, a community centre, next minute it's uh, um, a junior school, Ladies of Verna, they haven't got an established centre. And you know what, Wallahi, it would benefit them greatly. You know, I'm so grateful that they've got this centre, um, you know, the phobe um, at this moment of time, just to give the parents that little bit of a break. But, you know, we'd be so, so grateful if we could just get that centre um, and really help the, the disabled kids to have that break and know it's one centre rather than moving from pillow to post. Yep. Uh, it would really, really help them greatly. Excellent. Thank you so much for your course, Christina. Just quickly, uh, to everybody listening out there, and I'm sure there's, there's, there's hundreds and thousands of people listening out there go on their way uh, to work or school or wherever they're going this morning or maybe even listening in their houses. Uh, again, this is, this is a, a, a massive, massive uh, uh, challenge, so to speak, obviously, not only uh, for the Three Peaks Challenge, but the challenge of trying to raise £100,000 uh, for this centre. Uh, what would your words be to those people out there uh, with an effort to, for, for even if they, if they could part with a, a little bit of their money to try to help us get yeah. to that hundred thousand pounds um just dig deeply because it's a beneficial cause uh, it will be so greatly appreciated by the families the, the words that will come out of the mouth of the families just to give them that relief um and established center would do the world of good for them well lucky is it's greatly needed and i hope inshallah the brothers that are going to um go on um the the um the three peaks and, and, yep. and yeah and you know i'll give them all strength and i hope inshallah um like allah does make this actually happen for for the actual disabled children and their families to get that relief excellent thank you so much please keep spreading the message we'll be sending out the links to this interview and also the links to donate so please spread keep spreading that and let everybody your friends family and everybody know uh, to donate towards this inshallah Okay. Thank you so much for your call. Zakhler. Asalaamu Alaikum. That was, of course, Sister Nina, uh, a parent, I believe, who has uh, used phobe uh, and, uh, of course, uh, uh, it, telling, of, telling uh, us of her experience of what it matters uh, to families. And I, and I think, uh, coming back to, to yourself, uh, uh, Sister Yasmin, uh, I think one of the most important things that Sister Nasmin has touched upon uh, is routine uh, for these children. And, uh, and, and not, not even just for these children, for any child, uh, you mean for, for any 
any uh, individual out there, never mind children, people like routine, people have their comfort zones and people like uh, doing the same things. I mean, uh, we're all creatures uh, of, our, of our habits and, and doing things, the same things that we want to do. And these children are no different. So when they're uh, thrown from one centre to another, even with uh, the, the Monday session that I've got work with, over the last 15 years that I've worked, uh, we've been to at least, we started at Bury Park, went to Foxdale Junior School, we went to Beach Hill. Uh, I'm sure there was another centre in the middle and now we're at Cholent. So there's been at least five different locations that we've been in in the last 15 years. So it's And, and I'm sure most of, this, most of the sessions are similar where they're always having to change. And change is not good for these children. And again, this is something that has been touched upon. Uh, I think this, this centre uh, is, is quite clear, will be crucial uh, to, to everybody out there uh, and for, for the benefit and for the development of these children. But one of the other things that uh, Brother Yasser touched upon yesterday, Yasser, of course, the, 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 the manager for FOB, was the fact that a lot of families out there, and maybe you can touch upon this as well, Sister Nazmin, is the fact that a lot of families out there don't really know where to get the advice and help from. Mm-hmm. So this centre will actually be a dedicated space for families to go to a safe space to ask those questions. And I know uh, uh, you mentioned before, Sister Yasmin, regarding uh, you know, the social workers and stuff. Unfortunately, a lot of families out there aren't so, uh, uh, you mean, uh, they don't consider speakers of social workers so safe yeah. in the in the fear that you mean the child might be taken away or, or all sorts of uh, you mean uh, um, maybe misconceptions there may be I don't know there may be realities uh, of, of fears of, of speaking to the authorities but this will be a safe space for space for them to speak to how how important do you think that will be for the families out there it would be really good because now some of the the families that we've got don't interact with um, social services so. They don't interact with social services and they don't get the help that they they really need. It's like um, Sister Nina just said. Nina's been with us from day one when we first started and she's got quite a difficult job on her hands with her children, looking after them. And they come to the centre and... Nina loves it. It's a break for her. She likes to go in herself and help with the children as well. But social services, it's not... At the beginning, no-one went to social services. They they just couldn't imagine going there yeah. because of the stigmas that, you know, and things that they'd heard. Yeah. And in those days, social services was not as open as they are now. So the families didn't really understand what help they could get from them. But these days now, we get social workers who recommend us to the families. Excellent. And they send their, you know, they ask them, you know, would you like to use this centre? And they give them our card and our numbers. And that's how now we get the children. And when we first started... There was a social worker, well, she was head of social services at the time. When I first started, she asked me, if we put money into your group, would you take on the most challenging children? And we have. We've never, from the day we started, gone back on that. We've always taken the most severely disabled children into the group. It's been hard work and hard training, of course. the volunteers in that, because these children have such complex needs. But we've always been there for the families and always done it. 
And unfortunately, Excellent. that's not the case everywhere. Um, I know we say we have social services, we have the education sector, we have um, obviously the NHS, but there's funding cuts across the board, literally funding cuts across the board. And I mean, I work in a nursery and I have parents come to us looking for a space for their child. And this children are not children necessarily with physical disabilities, um, but you can tell that they have some sort of condition and they are turned away. They are turned away by other settings. These other settings will say to them that we haven't got space. And I will call up these settings because, like I said, Phobe has embedded this passion for helping these of children course. with additional needs. And I will call up these other settings and I will say to them, I want to send my child. Yeah, sure, come through, come in for a meeting. So these children are still being held prejudiced against these authorities, these schools, these nurseries, these establishments are not taking these children in because of that extra work they'll have to put in, because of that extra staff member that will have to give this child one-to-one. -one. It's The problem is so severe. I had a parent come to me a couple of weeks ago to say to me, her health visitor has said to her that it's the nursery's job to fill in the disability living allowance form. Now, okay. anybody who's done a disability living allowance form, it's a very, very long form. And even though it's not our job, I said to my manager, look, you know, let's do it because it's as a favour to the parents. She said it's fine. And coincidentally, it was Eid. So we brought the mum in and she's got two children again with needs. Um, we brought the mum in and I was like, mum, would you like something to eat? It was our Eid party. And she's like, yeah, I haven't eaten. And we gave her food and she sat there eating her food while I did that form for her for three hours. And OK, yeah, we had a lot of backlog and work to catch up on. <coughs> but this is what these parents need. They need that somewhere, someone they can turn to to help them. And like like I said, they've got nowhere to go. They need someone like Phobe to be there in an established centre so they are aware, yes, we can go to them if they need a form filling in or if they need advice about the children's condition. Because the children I'm talking about, two and three-year-olds, the parents aren't aware yet of what conditions their children have. Yep. It's only people like Phobe that can say, OK, your child has or you need to go. And they, it's, it's really needed. I can't, I can't, you know, reiterate the importance of it in Luton. I think, listeners, uh, you, it's, it's quite clear from, of course, uh, the guests here in the studio, as well as uh, Sister Nino called in earlier on, that this dedicated centre uh, will make a massive impact on, on, on not hundreds, but thousands of, of children and families uh, in Luton. Uh, and uh, again, uh, even looking at the statistics uh, Brother Yasser mentioned yesterday, one in eight people uh, does have, one in eight people is linked with somebody who has uh, you know, a disabled child in their family. So that could be a cousin it could be a nephew it could be a brother sister it could be it could be any member of your family or maybe even extended family so this i mean uh, uh, people out there with disabilities it's, it's it's huge out there and i think the uh, the uh, obviously with the with the, the 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 austerity cuts and with all the uh, the various challenges that uh, the the nhs and even the the education sector is going through unfortunately of course with, with as sister nasmin mentioned with the nurseries uh, it, and and talking looking at it from their point of view to be honest uh, it's, it's probably not you mean not financially viable for them to employ uh, a member of staff just to to fill out forms, for example, or or maybe uh, have that one to one because the the financial model that they operate is probably already very tight. So again, I can see from their point of view how stretched they are. This is where when phobe comes in, I think it's 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 it's, it's literally uh, a, a massive massive uh, uh, need in the community, and I think they're going to be filling a, a, a massive void uh, 
for for people out there. And I think one of the things, uh, uh, Sister Nazmin, as 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 a family member of being uh, using phobe. What would your uh, thoughts be around uh, families out there who are probably in a situation where who have children uh, who aren't quite, and I think I mentioned uh, to, to Yasmin previously, who aren't quite comfortable in thinking, I don't really want to let go of my child. How is my child going to be looked after in, 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 a, in a setting with people they don't know, with the people that I don't know? Uh, and also, how, how, what would your advice be to those parents who still do not let their children go out uh, to, to, to FOB or to any other settings? Um, my advice to those parents would be, um, when I came on um, a little while ago and I said we, I said we as in I'm part of Phobe, and now Sister Nina, we just spoke to her on the phone and she said we. The thing is, Phobe is a family. It's yep. a family. It always has been. And, I mean, Liz will know that, Yasmin will know that um, it's been a challenge for her because she's always said, no, we're not about the children. We're about the children and their families. So if they do have that those reservations um, about letting their child go, go down. Go down. You'll always be welcome at Phobe, whether you're the brother, you're the sister, you're the mother, you're the father. Go down to Phobe. See how it works. See what they're doing with the children. I mean, that little boy that... Yasmin mentioned earlier was my brother and he had severe disabilities but he's probably one of the most confident people I know I mean alhamdulillah if he I mean I don't think there's anybody in Luton that is doesn't know him and the, that confidence has been you know put into him by phobe and that's why he's there I mean you mentioned Mohram earlier and the fast and you know um people think sometimes that this will never affect us my brother was born fit and well and at the age of three he developed this condition i've got nephews that have been born into conditions um never think that will never affect you and if it doesn't affect you mashallah you're very lucky but then look at your family look at your children think alhamdulillah this is what allah has given me anything you give towards this center will count as sadqa jariya it will count as sadqa jariya because it's constantly helping those less fortunate you know and it will help you and your family Inshallah, as Most well. definitely. Uh, as you can hear, their listeners, uh, Sister Nazmin, of course, are very, very uh, passionate about this cause, Mashallah. And again, uh, clearly because of the difference it's made to her and, of course, her family. And again, Phobe being uh, a very much a, a family-orientated charity, I think, uh, is, is is definitely uh, this this center is going to have a, a massive impact in, in our town. So please do donate generously for those of you who are on our Facebook page on the Inspire from Facebook page. Uh, please do, of course, uh, check out Inspire from Facebook. The links are there. The target is a hundred thousand pounds, and as well as, of course, the need, and as well as, of course, uh, the the reasons for having this. And again, you, you should be donating just for that. Uh, the other reason you can also donate is to support the twenty brothers who are actually going to be doing the Three Peaks Challenge. Uh, now, one of the brothers I was actually speaking to yesterday has never done anything like this before. He's never climbed a single mountain, never mind the Three Peaks, and never mind the Three Peaks in twenty-four hours. But he is saying, and again. This is something that he himself is saying that he physically himself has been very unwell for a long time. And Alhamdulillah, now he's, he's, he's recovered and Alhamdulillah, he's, he's regained his health. And what he's saying is, FOB makes a massive difference to hundreds and thousands out there. And the reason why he's going to put himself through this and he's been training for the last couple of months is purely because he believes in this charity and he believes that this is going to make a massive impact to hundreds out there and is so, so well needed. So please support these brothers, inshallah. Three peaks uh, and 
and again for those of you who uh, are probably not aware of uh, of mountain climbing or anything like that this is not an easy challenge i did mount snowden last last year for friends of bright eyes and hamda we raised uh, a, a whole load of money and we were we were uh, uh, we were really really struggling just to do snowden so all we did was mount snowden it was about three and a half to four hours climb up uh, about four hours down uh, so you could imagine about a four eight hours in total coming up and down and these brothers are looking to do that three times ben nevis is higher than snowden snowden is at the 1085 meters high ben nevis is 1345 meters so what the brothers are aiming to do is to do ben nevis so that the 24 hours start at the foot of ben nevis they will need to climb ben nevis climb back down again uh, go uh, or drive all the way down and the driving time is included in the 24 hours drive all the way down to mount snowden climb snowden back down Snowden. Uh, sorry, they're going to do scaffold pikes first. Drive down from Ben Nevis to scaffold pikes, up scaffold pikes, down. Drive to Snowden, up and down, all in 24 hours. It's a massive challenge, but they're doing it for a massive reason, and that is Phobe. And this is, uh, I think, uh, a charity that we should all be supporting. Inshallah. Check out our links, Facebook page, and of course our website, and check out uh, Phobe as well. And for those families who have never been to Phobe, who have a disabled child in their family, who know of uh, of a friend maybe who has a disabled child in their family. Family and they don't know about phobe or they've never had the, the courage to to go to phobe then i would very much recommend you go down speak to them inshallah and uh, and i can assure you you won't be disappointed the children I, I mean i've been working with them myself for the last 15 years the children absolutely love the sessions the volunteers they absolutely love coming there because it's an, it's an amazing family feeling so please uh, do check it out uh, we've got a couple of minutes left uh, uh, with our guests here liz uh, sorry yasmin you want to say something the one thing I dislike about us as a group is a waiting list. And our waiting list is so long, you can't imagine. And they're all the children that we need to help now. Not next week, next year, now that need our help. And they're on that waiting list because we are, we haven't got the space. We're we're pushed from schools, church halls, even we come here on a Monday, Dalla Community Centre. But that waiting list is embedded in my mind that these are children that we need now and they need help, these families. And without this centre, we, we're just going to go on and I'm going to go on looking at that waiting list. And that's something I don't want to do. You know, and before... God takes me from here to wherever I've got to go. I need to see this centre and I need to see these children and these young people with somewhere that they can call their own Definitely. because they all have something to give to this world, no matter how badly disabled they are. Like your brother is a most wonderful singer. Definitely. <laughs> He's absolutely amazing if you hear him sing. They've all got something to give, even if it's just their eyes and they look at you and they smile at you. There's something there. But this waiting list is the bane of our life because these other children that can't come to us at the present minute need our help desperately. 
Yep, definitely. And I, like you said, to be honest, uh, these children are, are amazingly talented. We have one child who actually comes on Mondays and his drawing skills are another level. He's mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. You can literally show him a picture on your phone and he will copy it to, to, you mean, to the exact uh, colors and everything. Absolutely amazing. Uh, we've got literally a minute left, Sister Nazmian. Any, any final words for anybody listening out there? Uh, any encouragement for people to, to donate and make this uh, center a reality? I mean, the 20 brothers, mashallah, that are doing the um, challenge are absolutely amazing and I do highly commend them, but it's not something I personally could do. I mean, my challenge this morning was to get my five kids to school and to be here for eight o'clock. You know, that was my personal challenge this morning, mashallah, and I completed it. But as us as humans need to do our personal challenge. So if you've got time, give it to the charity. If you don't have time, whatever money you can spare, give it to the charity and inshallah that will you will receive that back abundantly most definitely Any bless final? you all on on friday when you go yeah and i hope that you all do well and my thoughts and my prayers will be with all of you Excellent. Uh, thank you so much for both of your uh, time this morning and listeners uh, as we of course end the show this morning uh, please do uh, do not just listen to this interview and switch off please do check out uh, our Facebook page please do check out our website uh, check out Phobes website directly the links are available there and on their Facebook page as well and please please donate generously please spread the message about Phobes it's an amazing charity and definitely one that every single one of us needs to be involved in some way or other Zakhle for listening please do forgive us for anything we may have said and please do uh, keep in contact. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.